Godzilla Media is in full force. For some of you listening for this first version of Getting There with Goss, don't forget to check out GodzillaMedia.com. Check it out right now, GodzillaMedia.com, or if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, just search it right there. We've expanded to eight other podcasts, so nine total, ten contributors, topics across the board, whatever you're looking for, from the WWE to mental health to more sports talk to fantasy advice and more, Godzilla Media. Plus, if you're interested, do you want to launch your own podcast? Do you have stories to tell, businesses to support, and you want to get your career started? GodzillaMedia.com. Email me today, G-O-Z, Goz at GodzillaMedia.com, so you can join the team. Now, on this week's episode of Getting There with Goz. Another episode here of Getting There with Guys, where we talk about the careers of athletes, coaches, media members, and more. And we've got not one, but two of the greatest indoor arena football players of all time. I would say that even if they weren't on this interview, that's how good these guys are. Joe Sykes, Tommy Grady, both joining us here as we're now less than a week away from the Albany Empire season kicking off for 2021. The Capital Region can't wait for the Empire to hit the field again. But for some of you who are listening, this might be the first time you've learned about Joe Sykes or Tommy Grady. Maybe you're listening in central New York or up north. So let's start with this. I'm going to start with our guy Joe Sykes first. Joe, for those who don't know, take us how you got into arena football. We know West Virginia and Southern was the college route, but what was the first time someone said, yo, arena football might be an option for me? Yeah, well, well, after I had did my stint in the NFL for two years, I had ended up in Green Bay. And um, – it was it was interesting because um, the pay was real low, right? It was like two hundred dollars, and um, as soon as I got there, I, I think I gave it like two or three days, and I was like, maybe this ain't for me. But uh, I stuck it out uh, long term, and uh, I finished the whole season, uh, got a free defensive player of the year awards, and then I ended up going to Canada. So I left for four years, but I knew the game. So then I can't re, re um, came back in two thousand twelve. After I left CFL, he, he so rookie, and um, I wasn't a rookie because I actually played that one year. So then I took off again in 2012. I played against Tommy. He was in Utah, and um, yeah, the rest is history. Yeah, the rest is history. Is the all-time sack leader in the history of arena football. Tommy Grady, Oklahoma, Utah, some powerhouse D1 programs. How did you eventually yeah. find out that arena football might be your path? Um, so. Mine was back in 2009. I had my uh, my agent at the time um, hooked me up with San Jose. So I went down to San Jose and I did a workout with them and uh, ended up signing me uh, back in 2009. And then right right when that happened, the whole league had folded. So I went to, uh, there was an Arena 2 at the time. And so I went and played one year of Arena 2 in Oklahoma City because I was familiar with the area. So I went and played there in uh, 2009, 2010. And then went uh, back to Utah in 2011, played for the Blaze for three years. Um, but I just kind of fell in love with it. It, it, it. As a quarterback, it takes a couple of years to uh, kind of get it, kind of understand it, and all the timing on that stuff. But uh, no, it was just it was uh, it was so I had so much fun doing it. Um, as a quarterback, you throw the ball every play, so it's, you know, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> but 
it's a, uh, no, I was just, I just fell in love with the game and I've been playing it since. I want to stick with you here, Tommy, on that, because that was going to be my next question. You've already led me into it here, that that transition period between outdoor football and the style that we're probably all used to seeing growing up to indoor football. You yeah. mentioned the transition was fun because you get to throw the ball like you want all the time with your backyard with your buddies growing up. Exactly, exactly. I'll look, I'll look back and I kind of, in my rookie year, I kind of felt bad for the receivers because I, <laughs> I was just out there, I was just out there winging it. And, uh, you know, now that I know the game, like, I wish I wish I could have been better in my rookie season, but, uh, you know, it takes it takes a year or two to, uh, to kind of learn this game, and uh, you know learn all the different spacings. And I'm I'm still learning, so I try to learn every day. But uh, you know the, the funnest part, you know, te- you know teaching the young guys and stuff is a whole different game in the outdoor outdoors with all the speed and spacing. So it's just been a, a good journey for me. Joe, how about you? The biggest adjustment from going from that D line from outdoor football to indoor football? Um, I would say the timing from the uh, release of the quarterback throw. Um, is 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 real fast and then the angles that you have to rush so instead of you know like a five-yard rush you got to get it down to three yards so it's it's a lot of a lot of timing and um the ball come out super fast as you've seen tommy throw the ball so that's the biggest adjustment for the outside and um you're real tight on the o-line so you're right on his outside shoulder and it's not a lot of room you're playing in the box so it's it's real real tight in there yeah, let's talk about each other's games because I think I'm going to enjoy this. We'll start with Joe. Joe, describe Tommy Grady's game going up against him. And then, Tommy, after Joe's done, I want to hear what it's like going after Joe Sykes and running away from him when he gets in your face. Joe, uh, let's start with you, though. Give me the Tommy Grady scouting report. Uh, oh, so, yeah, my first time playing against Tommy, you know, um, I was like, they was like, oh, yeah, you playing against a guy that's 6'9, right? So, extremely good looking. Hard to game plan, <laughs> right? You gotta have like LeBron or somebody out there in the scout team. So we was we was I was out there, and the quarterback was like five eight. They was like, forget it, we can't you know simulate this. So yeah, it was like he get rid of the ball super fast. He athletic, and uh, yeah, this was like what 12, 10, 12 years ago. So he was they 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 had him as athletic. I mean, I like could get out and run. I'm like smart, smart, good. <laughs> so, so he read. Hey, he did get out of the pocket a little bit. When I first started, I used, playing, I used to scramble. Yeah, so that was hard to defend because obviously he get the ball fast and it, and it's hard because he had the ball up here, so it ain't like you, you got to jump up and knock the ball out. So um, he was shaking a lot of guys off. He was, I mean, he was elusive. Um, but the only thing I can do is just punch at his at his head to hopefully I can get him down and and, and keep his eyes down from you know looking downfield. And um, but yeah, he he's probably one of the best quarterbacks I played um, in 2012 when I came back. So Tommy, same question to you. What was it like running away from Joe Sykes? So I've been I've been hurt three times in Marine football and twice from Joe Sykes. <laughs> I remember uh, one That's year he was in San he was in San Antonio. He came around the corner, I think I think he punched me with his fist and head kinda kinda knocked me out a little bit. And then uh, he was playing in Mexico if you're in seventeen and uh we had a little foot injury, but Joe, Joe's like, uh, my wife's always like, whenever I decide what, what team I'm going to play for, my wife is, is Joe going to be on your team? Joe's just got like a super human strength. And uh, I know, I know yeah. offense linemen don't, don't like playing against them. So, um, I play, I play on his team, in, you know, a few different places. So yeah, it's always a pleasure. 
2018 and 2019, you guys were teammates, of course, of the All of the Empire. So let's go through that recruiting process. And Tommy, I'm going to start with you because you mentioned that both of you guys have played in so many different cities and so many different franchises. What was it like when you guys almost probably felt like teenagers again when you're getting recruited by Campbell Region representatives to come play for the Albany Empire? What was that recruiting process like, and why did you pick Albany? And Tommy, I'll start with you. Um, so I was actually uh, I was in Jacksonville at the time, and uh, I really didn't have any uh, reason to leave Jacksonville. Um, I wasn't planning planning on leaving, and then the ownership group here, the original ownership group here, uh, called me, and uh, you know we we talked for a couple weeks, and, and it kind of negotiated, and then. I came up here and, uh, you know, we, we liked it a lot here. So we, we bought a house here. We live here now. Um, but it was just, you know, it's fun. It's always fun, especially when, you know, Joe, Joe already signed. They already signed a lot of guys. So, you know, a lot, a lot of guys on the team have been, been calling me for a week or so, um, trying to get me out here. And then so uh, that kind of kind of did in for me. Joe, what do you remember about your recruiting process, how they got you to land in the 518? I remember Moss calling me and he was like, hey, Joe, um, I'm the assistant head coach. I'm way in Idaho, you know. And he was like, hey, um, Keith, go give you a call, buddy, in the uh, next five minutes. I was like, cool, anything you want, Moss. Um, we ain't got a quarterback. So, but I was just going off faith. I was like, okay, we can, we can try to get Tommy. That's what me and Moss was talking about, you know, amongst ourselves. So I signed. I gave, you know, I gave my word. I signed. I came up here without Tommy. And um, I was like, I need Tommy on board. So, Whatever they did, they got him here, and um, the rest is history. Like I said, we work well together. We stay out, we stay out of each other's way. Um, I know what he going to do on offense for me, and I know I'm going to get him the ball. So that's how, that's how we work well together. So. In that excitement, I can feel it. I know Empire fans are. Let's think back to that first game when you guys both make your debut for the Albany Empire. And, Joe, I'm going to start with you. Take uh-huh. us through what it was like as a player when the Times Union Center was sold out Antonio Brown and his dad, Eddie Brown, are on the field. What was that like as an athlete making that debut for that packed house inside the TU? Wow. It was unreal because, um, you know, in arena game, like I said, it, it was it's certain stadiums that when you go, you get that feel. And uh, Jacksonville had that feel for us too. And um, it's like like no other. When we came out, I didn't know what to expect. I knew the Firebirds back in 2099, right? And they used to tell us about how they used to have a – you know, the um, arena rocking. So when we came out, we was like, yeah, we, you know, we got to put on a show. You know, we were seeing seeing the crowd, the smoke. And, uh, yeah, like I said, they shocked me, the Capital Region. So, you know, and I, I just said I didn't want to play nowhere else in, in, uh, in my career in the Capital Region. So, Tommy, was it nerves? Was it excitement? A little mix of everything when you're the quarterback of that team and you start looking around and realizing there's no open seats in the arena? It was it was awesome. Uh so I had kind of mixed emotions about it because I, uh, I showed up um, about four days before the first game. So I'm a I'm the type of guy that likes to be overly prepared. Um, and I just thought <laughs> the atmosphere was amazing. The fans were great. Everything was great. Um, but, you know, I, I got there four days before the first game. And so I had to try to cram as much stuff and get, you know, get a feeling for receivers and stuff. So I think it uh, I think it took us a couple games to actually get going in 2018. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once once it all got going, it was – it was money after that, and uh, obviously there's, you know, there's not a better place to play in arena football than, than the Capital Region here. Yeah, 2018 is a good year. You guys win the regular season, but unfortunately can't bring home the Arena Bowl championship. Different story yeah. in 2019. The celebration takes place. You guys are arena champions, and Tommy, I'll start with you. 
How about that when it comes full circle from showing up less than a week away from kickoff, then one year later, you guys are getting to celebrate on the field with the Capital Region, your teammates, and everybody else in 2019. What was that like? It was awesome. Man. We, had a, we had a full year to prepare. Um, we, we've been around each other. Um, I think there's a few, a few missing pieces that we didn't have the year before um, we brought in. And uh, you know, the chemistry of that team was just amazing. Um, all the guys got along. We had a lot, we had a lot of fun together. Um, and obviously the fans, the fans brought it every game and our home field advantage was, was awesome. So luckily we got to have the championship here and, uh, you know, do in front of the home fans. 2019 was amazing for Joe Suggs. Records are broken. Championships are won and engagement happens. I mean, I don't even know how you want to rank 2019 for Joe Suggs, but that year in particular for you, Joe, must have been absolutely wild. Yeah, I, I can say my professional career, that probably tops it all. Uh, on top of that, the, the, the engagement and then. Um, we top it off with the championship and we went out with a bang. And um, like I said, we had some unfinished business we had to take care of too. So we had it in the back of our minds when we got into camp, we wasn't messing around. Um, you know, me, Tommy and the rest of the leaders, we, we went into camp like we don't have this great team, but we need to, you know, make sure everybody's on the same page. Uh, we, we paid attention to detail, like jumping off sides, like little things like that, that we had in 18 um, penalties, we limit those, and uh, we took it serious. Like, we was, we was on a mission. I ain't going to lie. Like, and, um, yeah, we were trying to win every game. No no lie. We we didn't want to lose, but it was an eye-opener when we lost in Philly, uh, going into our bye week. But we got back on track and um, took it home from there. So, it was it was a magical year, for sure. I know I speak for a lot of Capital Region sports fans when I say this, that I was so looking forward to 2020 when we were going to see the banner come down, this ring ceremony, the T-shirts, everything else. And I see you guys nodding your heads. I know you guys were all looking forward to that, oh, too. Yeah. But unfortunately, 2020, in the late 2019, the news comes out that arena football, the league itself, is going to cease operations. From your guys' perspective, I'm Joe, I'm going to start with you. When did you start hearing that this could be a possibility? And what were your emotions like when you found out that arena football, the league that you knew, was shutting down? Uh, we started hitting trailer in like October, um, and November. We we try we had we try to have like a um, you know the leaders of the team try to have a meet to savage everything and see if we can come to some kind of compromise with the owners and see if we might take a pay cut you know stuff like that um, with our PA. And lo and behold, uh, was it December? Like the first week of December, they yeah, they put right out there. Yeah, I was I was shocked. Uh, you know, we was definitely go come back with our core and repeat. That's what we had in our mind, and um, so that was it. So, same situation for you. Same experience happening when you were finding out what the end of the league could be like. Yeah, no, we. Uh, I found out so everyone else kind of on social media, and then uh, the owners uh, you know, gave me a call and kind of explained everything. Me and me and Joe were kind of a little bit different than. A lot of the guys, because we, we moved up here and we had our families up here and stuff. So, um, the, everything kind of came crashing down when they told us the team was gone. Um, but I don't think it was anything our ownership group did. I think it was the overall majority ownership of the league. So, um, I'm just I'm just happy I got the opportunity. It was, a, it was an amazing atmosphere, you know, especially in that championship game, just to be up here. And so, um, I'm excited to get a season going again, hopefully get that, that arena looking like that again. Yes, and that's exactly right. So for those who don't know, haven't been following the story, even though the Arena Football League has ceased operations, 
The National Arena League has launched the Albany Empire, now a part of that. The same logos, the same colors. we got a little new twist on the uniforms and everything else. We're going to see one of you on the field and one of you coaching. So I'm going to start with Coach Joe Sykes first. All right, Joe Sykes, take us through this. I saw on social media you announced your retirement. Why did you decide to retire, and why is it coaching now for you instead of going back on the field? Uh because sooner or later I gotta walk away, and I don't want old man. I want to be able. To, <laughs> he called you I wanna, old. Want to be able to. I want the fans to be able to see something close to or resembling, you know, to what I did. So I feel like why not show it and put the head, headset on right now and show. So, but they they've been receptive. They the um, D linemen they've been they've been listening. They've been trying to soak it all in like a sponge and. Uh, it's been going well the last week and a half, so I'm excited. I'm With excited. no disrespect for your D lineman and the guys who are going to be out there, we talked to you and I a little bit before we started recording, and I'll just address it now. You know, because you got a lot of love here in the Capital Region especially, fans are going to want to see one rocking that uniform again. I don't know if it's Instagram or Twitter or we want <laughs> Joe Chance behind you. from Joe, you know the pressure is going to come to put the pads back on. I don't know how you're going to react as soon as kickoff hits Saturday. Just be prepared. Before we find out if whether or not Joe Sykes is going to unretire for this season, I want to tell you about my friend Connor Lind over at Northeastern Insurance. Connor's a broker for the agency representing over 20 nationally ranked carriers. From progressive to nationwide to MetLife travelers and more, he will review your coverages to ensure that your belongings are properly protected, all while saving you some cash. Right here in the 518, man, a guy you could continue to support in the Capital Region. Give him a call today at 518-346-2886. 518-346-2886. Makes the process simple and easy, and he does the shopping for you. For that initial policy set up at each renewal, he'll do a full policy review to make sure you have the most competitive rate and also check for those discounts for you. Right here in the Capital Region, 1214 Troy Schenectady Road. Or email him today, Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R-L, at nemail.com. That's Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R-L, at nemail.com. Free, no obligation quote today. If you're looking to improve your insurance needs, if you're looking for the best discounts and more to take care of yourself, the person to talk to is Connor Lind. Now, on to the story and the question. Joe Sykes, you coming out of retirement this season? They got my helmet ready. They got they they. I don't think nobody go wear one. I think they go try to save it for me. So that'll be. So. <laughs> it's gonna be like Willis Reed for the Knicks or Paul Pierce, man. It'll be a reunion with me and Tommy again um, if that happens. So it'll be great. All right. So the retirement is official for now, unless yeah. enough peer pressure happens. Now you, Tommy Grady. You were in an interesting spot because, again, 2020, we don't – COVID-19 changes the world. People were wondering, you two especially, were on the top list of fans here that wanted to see put the Albany Empire uniform back on. You mentioned that you obviously live here in the Capital Region. Was there ever a thought of maybe retirement for you, or do you always know you want to go back to the field? Um, I'm not getting I'm, – I'm a little younger than Joe, but I'm not getting any younger right now. <laughs> so I wasn't, plan, I, I wasn't planning on playing. Um, obviously, my uh, – I do, I do mortgages on the side. It's, it's my main job right now. And so uh, when I bought my boss, uh, bought part, part ownership of the team. So that kind of influenced my decision to come back and play. Um, obviously, I, I miss it. When, you don't, you, don't uh, you know, go from being in a locker room for 20 years and then not miss it. So um, now I'm excited to be around the guys again. 
uh, around the atmosphere and be able to play, play a little more football. From an X's and O's standpoint, when Capital Region sports fans get ready to watch kickoff 7 o'clock inside the Times Union Center when the Albany Empire take on the Ontario Bandits, rules-wise, is it going to be pretty similar to what we saw in Arena Football or Arena Football League, I should say, or rules different? Tommy, kind of take us through that. Is is the setup kind of going to be the same? So the rules are pretty much exactly the same. The only, thing, only difference is there's no net. Um, there'll be there'll be uprights for the field goals and stuff, but there's no uh, you don't kick the ball off the net and return it like that. Um, it either kicks it through the upright, which is two points on a kickoff, um, or they're gonna return return the ball. So it's it's but uh, you know once the ball is in place, it's, it's the same rules as running football. And Joe, are you expecting even though 2021 the world's changing when we record this to next week and everything else, mm-hmm. are you still expecting the Capital Region fans to be as loud and as rowdy as they were when you were actually a player on the field for the Empire? Oh, definitely, definitely, because the Empire is still a brand. So um, you still got familiar names and faces going to be around it, and uh, we're going to try to keep that same culture and um, same energy. And uh, with Tommy on the field, he's going to be able to bring that into me, you know, with my headset, like right on the sideline with him. We'll be able Joe, to bring Joe's, not, Joe's not fooling anybody. He's going to play. You guys are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I, get, I get two or three weeks of be playing. Yeah. But, yeah, like I said, no, I expect the same energy. It'll be fine. Yeah, I think a lot of fans are going to wonder this, too, about Arena Football League versus NAL, the competition and where it stands and everything else. I know it's probably hard to judge before the actual season kicks off, but I feel like as if you're a fan watching the game, competition and the actual quality of players out there, it's still going to be a high-level brand of football. And, Joe, I'll start with you. Like, you've seen different levels of arena football. These right. are still some real studs, some real players that are going to be playing for the Empire this upcoming season. Absolutely. Um, we got, like you said, all-time great. Uh, the, the GOAT, Tommy Grady. Then we have a fullback, all-time great. We have an um, upcoming receiver that's, you know, top AFL. So you go see some, you go see some highlights and some high-scoring offense. So, no, the talent level, because you got to think about it. Me and Tommy been in those positions where we was, like, young and rookies, and um, you still got to showcase your talent. It don't matter about the talent. You got to show I didn't show, go out there and show what you got because all eyes going to be looking, like, regardless. So, no, you, you want to put your best foot forward anyway and uh, show what you got, regardless of the, what you think about the, the opposing talent. So No doubt. And, and, Tommy Grady, we've known some of your wide receivers, whether they be Q Sims or Malachi Jones or Colin Taylor. Those are some of the names that got to be really popular here in the area. Yeah, Is there a receiver, a running back that maybe – you know, of course, fans are going to want those guys to come back, too, because they're familiar with them. But are there some players that you've really kind of noticed and said, you know what, these guys in particular have had some really good practices and could be standouts for you guys as soon as week one? Yeah, for sure. Uh, like Darius Prince, he's, uh, you know, he's been a receiver in the NFL for a few years, uh, played in Philadelphia, played against us in the championship, actually. So I'm um, excited to play with him. Um, obviously, a lot, a lot of talent around the board. All those guys you just named, they're, they're more than welcome to come back and help me out a little bit if they want. Um I've, I've put a call into all of them, so. But uh, we got we got we got we got some young guys out here that uh, you know, are uh, are gonna you know try to prove them prove themselves. And uh, this is a league about experience and stuff. So we got a couple experienced guys, and we got we got a bunch of rookies that are uh, you know need, need to pick up the game fast. I tell feel them, like it. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Oh, tell them about on your fullback. You got a new fullback that. Uh, yeah, Ross. Really, yeah, he don't know about. <laughs> yeah, uh, Derek Ross has played with me uh, for three years in Jacksonville. And uh, I think he's all time he's all time leading rusher in the AFL history and uh, those touchdowns. I think he's got pretty much all all the uh, rushing records in 
yeah, yeah. So, so he's here and he's uh no everyone's gonna know who he is right right when they see him he's a <laughs> he's an exciting he's, player uh he, he does semantics on the field that everyone's gonna like so yeah he's always he's always a fan favorite Wait a second. I didn't even know this. The all-time stat guy rushing when we're talking about the AFL is on the Albany Empire roster. Uh, that's my pick. Yeah, that's right, Joe. Like, I didn't know about him. I said Derek yeah. Roth. I said it was a, another GOAT um, on his team. He's the GOAT of full, like the running backs. Oh, yeah, Tommy Haven. Yeah, so he's not that bad. He's he's a scoring machine. He catch, <laughs> run. Oh, so Tommy, he, he got it made a little bit. Like, he going to have some help, so he'll be fine. Yeah. Albany Empire fans, you've waited long enough. Finally, they're back on the field. For more information about the Albany Empire, get your tickets. Root on the team. AlbanyEmpireNAL.com. Kickoff set for 7 o'clock inside the Times Union Center when they take on the Ontario Bandits. Tommy Grady, Joe Sykes, I know you guys are busy prepping for the first game of the season. Thank you so much for doing all these things. Joe, tell your wonderful woman in your life that I got to hop on her podcast. Tell Rally I said hello and all of them. Tommy Grady, tear it up. Go for like six or seven touchdowns this week. Have some of these crazy wide receivers you're already trying to recruit show up at halftime like it's a pickup game. I can't wait to find out what this Albany Empire season has in store. Any other final messages? Anything else you guys want to say to the Capital Region? Yeah. Go ahead, Tom. We're we're excited to come come out and check it out. It's going to be fun. Um, I I know tickets are limited, but. If you got a chance, get your ticket to come out of the game, and uh, we'll try to put a show on for you. Yep, go Empire.